From the 25th of November, Safe Lives are taking part in the 16 Days of Action Against Gender-Based Violence. Over the 16 days, we're looking at the vital role of health professionals and the health sector in general in tackling domestic abuse. I spoke to Deirdre Cartwright, a Safe Lives Knowledge Hub advisor who formerly worked as an IDVA based in a hospital. Today I'm with Deirdre, who formerly worked as a hospital idver. Hi Deirdre. Hello. So, could you tell me a bit about how you ended up working as a hospital idver? Yep. So, um, I ended up working as a hospital idver, um, basically because my manager asked me to cover the role when a colleague went on long-term sick leave. So, I was kind of thrown into the role, really. Um, before I had a chance to think about what that would be like or or whether it was something that I wanted to do. Um, On reflection, I think I was quite enthusiastic about it. I found the idea of it really exciting. Um, I thought I was going to be able to learn a lot and it would be an exciting environment to be in. Um, But I also think I was quite apprehensive about it because um, it's quite a fast-paced environment and I knew I'd be working with individuals who had quite... Um, immediate needs and risks who were in crisis situation who needed somebody who knew what they were doing. Yes, it's a big responsibility at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, and so what was the day-to-day work like in the hospital compared to how it was before? Um, I mean, in any IDVA job, I think every day looks different and that's why I liked the job. It wasn't dull at all or predictable, um, but there was a routine to it. So most of the time I'd come in the morning and I'd come into my little office in A&E. Um, so I shared an office with the mental health liaison team and I would look at the handover notes from the IDVA from the day or night before um, to see which clients we'd supported, which patients we'd supported, why they come to A&E, um, what the risk assessment and safety plan said, what needed to be done with that individual the next day and what the priority was. And that was always different. So it might be that I go visit one of the patients on another ward that they've been moved to or I contact the police to see what the um, bail conditions are, if they've been arrested, or maybe I refer to Mark. Um, and once I got an idea of what the IDVID left me from the day before, I would um, go into the actual... A&E department and I would check any referrals from hospital staff from the night before so we didn't have an IDVA there overnight so a lot of people come in overnight and then they're kept in until the next morning so I check if there are any new referrals and I would kind of make the rounds to the different areas so I go into minor injuries and major injuries um, introduce myself to the staff say that I was there for the day I was the IDVA Um, if they had anybody for me to see this is how they could contact me And that was quite a repetitive job because the staff turnover is so high that you're constantly reintroducing yourselves. Um, And at that point, I'd probably see a patient who might have been in overnight. So I would meet with her, introduce myself, 
tell her what I could do for her, um, talk about information sharing, confidentiality, all of that kind of stuff, and then talk about what had happened um, and what she wanted and needed to be able to safely leave the hospital that day or maybe the next day or whatever it is she could safely leave. And that might take the whole day working with her or um, I might spend a few hours working with her and a few other people who came in. It was really unpredictable um, how many patients you might be supporting. So I guess compared to working in a community setting, was it, um, was it more challenging and what, what were the sort of things that were the big differences that you found? So, so I think one of the benefits of working as an IDVA is you can work in lots of different settings. So you could be in a police department, you could be in housing, children's social care, um, within the courts or within an office. Um, I previously worked in specialist domestic violence courts helping um, individuals through the criminal court process. Um, and that had a lot of challenges. Um, you were helping individuals in, in quite um, difficult situations. They were having to often give evidence about quite traumatic incidents against their like, partners or the fathers of their children, their brothers, their fathers, whoever it was. Um, and that could be quite distressing for them, somewhat unpredictable. But you knew who was coming in, you knew who you are going to be supporting, you could help them prepare, you could help them safety plan around it. There were a few outcomes, guilty, not guilty, restraining order, not. Um, I think the difference in hospital setting was that person was in quite immediate crisis. The traumatic incident had just happened that night um, or a few hours ago. Um, it was quite distressing but also really unpredictable as to what you needed to do to support them. There wasn't a lot you could do to prepare for it. Um, and I think that that was the major difference. Um, I also think that working in a medical environment was quite foreign to me. Um, and I think lots of times the, the medical models and the social models can be quite different. So where a medical professional thinks somebody's healthy and ready to leave A&E and go home, I might think of as a midva, it's not safe for them to go home. And I know that medical professionals are under a lot of pressure to um, make someone good enough to either move on to another ward or go out of the hospital, and there can be those differences. Mm. Um, but I think you come across those cultural differences and differences in perspectives wherever you work, whether it's with mm. the police or children's social care or the courts or wherever it is. Mm. So in terms of the staff and their kind of preconceptions or beliefs about domestic abuse and what you were doing, did you get involved in much training for them around the issue and how to spot the signs and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I think that working with staff was um, central to having an effective IDVA service within the hospital um, because I think they played a really massive role um, in identifying victims of domestic abuse and then providing an effective immediate response. Um, so I think as IDVAs working within a hospital, there are two key things we need to do to help staff. Um, and the first thing is to be able to train staff regularly on how to be able to spot the signs and symptoms of abuse. So it's not always straightforward um, that a patient has come into A&E because of something related to domestic abuse. Either they don't immediately disclose domestic abuse or what they're experiencing isn't a direct result of domestic abuse. It might be that they've attempted suicide 
or that they've self-harmed. It might be an older person who has perpetually fallen down the stairs or it might be a young woman who keeps repeatedly coming in with miscarriages. Um, and you need to train medical professionals to see those nuances, to, to make the connection between domestic abuse and these signs and symptoms that aren't directly related to it. Um, and they also have to have the confidence to know how to ask the questions around domestic abuse and provide a safe response to it. Um, and I think training is vital to that, but also I think having an IDVA on site makes um, medical staff more effective. I think a lot of what medical staff have told me is that they don't want to find out that someone's at risk of domestic abuse if there's nothing that they can do about it. Mm. Um, one of the doctors said to me, it's like reopening a wound and then not putting a plaster on it or using stitches. Um, so have, knowing that hospital IDVA is there means that they're less apprehensive to actually ask the question because they know that they can provide them with immediate support. Um, and I think that it's really important that hospital IDVAs are there for disclosures from staff as well. I mean, it's like in any other working environment, you're going to come across people who've experienced domestic abuse and your place of work should be a safe environment where you can disclose that and get an effective response. So um, what I noticed as a NIDVA is I was getting disclosures from patients but staff as well, which was important. So if in an ideal world every hospital had um, an IDVA service on site and a critical mass of staff who were trained in domestic abuse, what do you think would be the impact that we'd see on the health service and domestic abuse as a whole? I think the impact would be massive. Um, I think that you'd be supporting someone at one of the worst moments in their life when they're at the highest point of crisis um, and you'd be giving them a safe response um, and I think that's really crucial. I, I know that a lot of people don't report domestic abuse to the police. They might not report it to anyone, but they might show up in hospital when they've got an injury or something related to the abuse. And I think that really presents an opportunity for us to respond early um, and effectively. Um, and I think in doing so, we could really save lives. Okay. Yep. Thank you for talking to me, Deirdre. You're welcome.